0: Okay. My name's Matt Carter. I'm a guitar player from Emory and been in the band since 2000 and, uh, 2001 when we started it. Awesome.
1: Now, uh, how does it feel that all these years later, people still care about the question?
0: Uh, the interesting thing about it to me is the age of the people. So, on one hand, there's people that were listening to the question when it came out, but half the people at these shows are people that I'm certain were too young to be Emory fans when it came out which means they found out about it because of older brothers and uh, you know youth group leaders or people that showed them the music after the fact because it's still the crowd that comes out to shows is a young crowd because they're yeah. more than older people so we've been a most fortunate thing about our band has been the fact that people have uh, continually gotten into the band later and later as going on so we don't just have fans from 10 years ago we have fans that are only been our fans for five years and they still like our old stuff like the question so that's way beyond my imagination of anything i ever thought you know so it's that that blows us away
1: i know i think you've spoke about this on the podcast a little bit but is it tough to be playing these old songs when you just have this brand new record out and now you're focusing on the past stuff that you've been playing for years um not
0: it's not really that bad because there's something more scary about playing new songs like it's a bit like I don't want to play the new songs really, uh, in the sense that like it's, just, it's a little bit scary and intimidating to like learn them. Like we've been playing walls and so cold I can see my breath for 10 years. I know how to play it. I know it's going to go well. Uh, playing the new songs is very fun and very rewarding, but it's also scarier, and you have to learn it and figure out you don't know what moments of the new songs would work well you don't you don't know what, how it translates live. So we know we made the record, we know we like the songs, but fitting them in live is always hard. So honestly I love playing the old songs. So not to mention on the question here, there's a bunch of songs that we're playing that we never got to play live in the first place. Right. So it's very validating to go back and play The Terrible Secret and Misbehaving and songs like that that we don't we've never had an excuse or opportunity to play live before. So in a way we are playing new songs as well.
1: Yeah. So it's a front to back
0: yeah, well, we're leaving out two songs that Devin sings on, okay. because it's it's just simpler, and makes more sense. But yeah, we're doing it, we're doing it front to back style, and leaving out a couple of songs. And then will there be
1: newer stuff sprinkled in?
0: Or yeah, we're doing that? some new. We come back out, and we do the whole thing, and then we come back and do an assortment of other songs, okay. including some new stuff. All
1: right, is there a song on the question that you? Can't stand performing at this point.
0: You know the song "The Terrible Secret." I mentioned it as it's neat to get to play, but actually that one is not going very well. Uh, it's difficult. Uh, I don't know what it is, and like, we we played on the whole last tour, and we worked on some on this tour, but for whatever reason, that song is super simple sounding and poppy, but it, I don't really think it sounds good when we play it. Like it's it's, it's not. It feels like it doesn't work, and I, I can't figure out the reason why. So that's kind of frustrating. On the other hand, the track before that, misbehaving, is it, it goes is so. We've never played it before, and it's so good. I, it feels yeah. exactly like I imagined it would to play it. Oh, and it's fresh for you. Yeah. And it's fresh, yeah, because we've never been able to do it before.
1: So. How do you think maybe the band's stage presence has changed since the first time you played these songs till now that you guys are older and more mature? Yeah. Do, you, do you think there's more a bigger mature? Well, you can translate
0: mature there to like old and slow and stuff. I get that. It's, uh, you know, we've always kind of made our bank on the fact that we were, at the time we were starting to do it in 2000 and 2001 and getting into music, we were trying to move around and be energetic on stage in a way that. Real, honestly really wasn't that common and then at some point during our career it became more standard or more ubiquitous that people were really aggressive and physically moving around and doing stuff on stage which is the thing that we'd always done and tried to do to set ourselves apart and so at some point it became that became a little bit less of uh an awesome new thing that we felt like we were doing to a normal thing and additionally We've gotten older and older and slower and bad backs and bad necks and you know we're you know Toby's 39, I'm 36 and Josh 37. I mean it's we're older guys so there is no even no matter how committed we were to it, there's no way we could physically do what we have done on stage that we used to do. And so the trick for us is to try to still convey the energy and intensity you know but there's we jump off of less things and headbang at a slower rate that 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 we used to do for sure but i but i feel like i can play my guitar a lot better than i could 10 years ago i really i'm sure that my timing and intonation and execution on guitar is a lot better so i hope the show is still intense i hope we're still able to you know convey that intensity and in a performance that, that translates to the crowd and then also we kind of rely on the crowd to ha- really have fun and show us what they think right. this how to interpret this music when they dance or move around or jump or whatever too and if it makes you feel better
1: the people that were originally listening to the question are yeah. probably headbanging to your music a lot slower yeah they
0: had to be slower too right <laughs> uh,
1: the question sort of follows this concept from song to song mm-hmm. um, and I know the new record does Yeah, podcast said when, when Toby comes with the, the lyrics and kind of the direction of, I guess, the vocals of the song, do you ever try to make the music sort of like a flowing concept as well? Um, From track to track, I guess.
0: Yeah, well, usually the songs are individual compositions that originate out of, uh, not tied to one another. And then once they, once you have them, it's very important to me to try to figure out the right selection of how to place them. And so it doesn't, it maybe doesn't matter, I don't really know, but in my mind, I definitely think about repetition of key and tempo, and feel of songs when it's time to make the final track order but it's not something that you've, that I've ever worked on before the songs were written like oh now we need this now we need this the next song should be this it's later but to me it really does bug me when things don't flow well or you would have the song in the same key uh, two in a row sometimes is weird uh, or sometimes it's actually good but it just, it's just it's an artistic judgment call on how does one song flow to another Sometimes I think two songs in weird keys, like the key change from one song to the other is just too weird, so that can't be the order of the album. Yeah. So I, we do take a lot of care to get the sequence right okay. in the end.
1: All right. cool. You're sitting on this new record. Do you, uh-huh. Are you guys already thinking of what's next, or are you guys kind of like a slow process where when you get there, you'll get there?
0: Um, we've been discussing a little bit. Dave and I were working on the, the ideas for the way we want to approach the drums to the new album. So that's just where we're at. We we're, were talking about how, what kind of sounds we want to be and what kind of approach and how aggressive and what use of, you know, what kind of things can we do drum-wise that'll be pushing boundaries and unique and not the same old, you know, and try to transcend the genre stuff a little bit and try to have a real unique approach on drums. So we were talking about stuff like how we're going to use cymbals and what type of just what type of drum patterns we'll use. So that's it's, it's very preliminary, but that's the f- the first step. is we think, uh, what is the overall like idea for the album? What should it feel like? What would be the what would be the progressively forward, boundary pushing musical ide- moves? Should it be louder? Should it be softer? Should it be more dead? Should it be more big and obnoxious? You know, those kinds of decisions start first, and that then that helps us refine when an idea comes up. Is that Helping further what we want to do or is that now that sounds like an old idea or is this a forward-thinking idea? So progress is what we're looking for is like the right style of progress but beyond that we don't have any songs or anything written
1: what are some of the challenges of being on the road and Mm -hmm. podcasting playing shows
0: oh it's it's awful i mean it's it's (laughs) terrible it seems like it would be easier because oh we're together or oh we can see we could interview people on the road or we oh maybe there's people but the day comes and goes so fast because we travel and drive and you gotta there's just so many demands on your time in the day now um it comes to go so fast like I have to record a podcast today and then we're gonna I have to edit one and publish it tonight so I'm inevitably gonna play the show come back and then be on my computer getting it ready and write a description and post it and I have to you know record it's, yeah so Everything winds up being last minute when you're on the road. It's just like whatever's right now. Like, oh, well, you have a deadline. You have an interview right now. You have to be at the VIP set right now. You have to, your set times right now. Oh, guess what? You still have to do podcasts. You have to get those out. So it is hard. It seems like it would be easier because we're together and stuff. But, you know, the, the day schedule is so difficult with the travel part of it that it feels – you know, I can't – it feels like there's no free time sometimes. Sometimes there's tons of free time and you have nothing to do. And sometimes – you cannot get all the things you must do done in a few hours. So
1: now, now with that being said, what's more gratifying to you at this stage of your life, getting that performance done on stage or getting that podcast? Done? The, the,
0: honestly, my favorite thing to do is the the acoustic VIP set because it's so fresh and organic. We're playing different songs and it's real and it's super vulnerable. But that is really, I really am enjoying that a ton. Um, doing the podcast. I love like i'm very have so much energy behind it so many thoughts about it so many ways i want it to be and so many things i like about it and don't that it is very satisfying for me to do the podcast uh i still like making records that's a big one but playing our live show as much as it sounds bad to admit is probably the least satisfying thing that i do i like actually being on tour i like the energy of it I like being around people i like the Thoughts and conversations that come out of it, but the 45 minutes or hour and 15 minutes that I'm on stage is the and the loud rock set is the most rote, like, repeatable, least, it's, it's, it's one of the less gratifying things. And I know that's not the most satisfying thing to hear to a concert attender, but it that that's where I'm at right now. I've been doing it
1: time and every day. Yeah. Where do you see Bad Christian as a brand growing in what is your hope that it will
0: reach? Well, I could say in some way that it's already more stable and uh, maybe even larger than, than I had anticipated in a way that makes me really comfortable where it is. So, I don't know if it will, if we have exponential growth in our future, but and I, I don't, I, I hope so or something, but I on another level I, I really don't care. Like, it, it's, what we've got right now is super good to me. It's very validating, it's very enjoyable, it's satisfying, Um, it's stable. We have some people that work for us and there's money that comes in and we're able to do what we want to do. I'd love to be able to do it better, I'd love for it to grow, but to tell you the truth, for the amount of time we put in it to its stability and what it's doing, I'm very happy with it. So I I would be really glad to look at it as something I would like to maintain like i feel like it's in a really great place uh and not something that i feel this big struggle we got to break it we got to make it bigger we got i don't i don't I, like the audience we have is so good and i feel so comfortable talking to them that's to that that that's the whole idea in the first place so that i'm into like maintaining and sustaining that is kind of where i'm thinking at this moment like what does it take instead of just focusing on growth 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 how can we really maximize and enjoy and serve well the people that are enjoying this and make it fun for us and for them and then whatever happens is good because it's already it's already it's totally successful from my point of view
1: right. and uh last question what's next for emory and the podcast that we'd be willing to share at least
0: well, uh, well i don't i don't know i don't have any plans like like i was telling you before as far as um
1: what about what about guests on the podcast? Can you reveal anything?
0: No, I don't, I don't know. I what mean, we go, we, we really do shoot pretty close to the hip on it. Like we've got two episodes recorded of interviews and stuff, and I mean, we'll figure out who we're going to talk to next week. Next week, probably. Like it's uh, like there's a million people that we can talk to, and I'm sure we will. And uh, like, I don't feel much of a sense of urgency of like, oh, you got to get. Uh, people say, oh, you got to get the. Matt Teeson for Reliant K well, I, and to my, my point of view on that is yeah we'll definitely we'll do that right. I mean I've got I'm, I don't have to do it next week I don't it doesn't whatever it, there's so much to do and it's so endless that I'm sure we're going to talk to a million really great people so it doesn't have to be next week so I'm just going to worry about next week next week but we're not super organized we don't do stuff way ahead it's usually a week week and a half ahead when we decide what do you want to do now what do you want to do next week and then we just figure out what works and do it which is good you know it's so uh it's a small thing and we can be flexible that way as opposed to slave to some big calendar or corporate calendar or production schedule we don't we don't have that stuff we just figure it out or somebody comes our way and we say all right oh two weeks from now we're gonna talk to so this guy oh great that's gonna be awesome so we take it a week or two at a time so we don't we don't have we really don't have plans, massive. Like, we don't have any big, amazing stuff to drop that I even know about. It's not even like that. It's just, we'll get to that in the next week, and I'll oh, let you know. You'll, you'll know that's, that's a, a cool. co- within a, a week and a half after I know, All right. basically. <laughs>
1: All right, so closing thoughts. Anything, anything you want to add, say, let the fans of whoever's going to read this know.
0: Um, no, not really. I think that that question is always a little bit difficult. But I I, I,
1: hate, I hate asking it.
0: Do you ever get anything that, good from that question?
1: Sometimes. Because
0: so, well, because some people <laughs> probably have some something that they're real passionate about that you can ask, or oh, I've got this nonprofit that I'm working, some stuff yeah, like yeah.
1: that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know who Carrie Job is? Yeah. One time, right before we started the interview, she said, "Let me look at your questions," and then she goes, "Oh, don't ask the last one," and then we started like rolling so then I had like, she just kind of like threw my whole my whole uh-huh. demo so I just kind of ended it open ended it was, it was awful so I asked her a question and then I was like yeah and then, uh Carrie joke and like that was the interview so,
0: so you think that question function as just a wrap that's a yeah, nice way for to for me that, that kind of wraps I it understand. up
1: at least in my head um, and sometimes for the artist I guess for yeah. Carrie Joke I guess she just despises that question
0: well, it's no matter what. It is the last question of every interview, and I never really know what to say on it. So, I was, but I do understand the function of it because I can imagine that a lot of people go, "Yeah, yeah," but I wanted to talk about my this or this or this or whatever. But all right, I thought I thought your questions were real. You had, I mean, you covered all. Yeah, you know, covered a bunch of stuff anyway, so Thanks. I'm all good. So
1: here's my last question: Whose bed am I sitting here?
0: This is only an office bed. It's Bunda's office bed. But that's it knows, not, so he sleeps down here but this I'm is not soiling his, anybody's no nope. i mean i hope you don't stink it up but yeah there's not nobody actually